Ooh, it's a cursed ring. How cursed? Upon purchase, give to another player. <laughs> At any time, the owner may pay two gold to give to another player. <laughs> this ring is just going to keep going around the table. <laughs> oh, great. Welcome to Which Game First, where we boldly explore the hilariously huge world of board games. Did we unearth any hidden treasures you've been missing out on? Let's find out. First up, we deal out the bowl while trying not to step in it in Six Nipped. Next, using Snake Eyes and Boxcars, we try to make the perfect character in Role Player. And lastly, we flip, get angry, and flip again as we play a hunter and fox game of cat and mouse in Tally Ho. I'm your host, Celeste Angelis. Now let's meet the rest of our brave and intrepid game explorers. I'm Evan Bernstein, and I've been practicing social distancing through podcasting since 2005. I'm Ed Povlidis, and I've been practicing social distancing through gaming since Leroy Jenkins. I'm Mike Grenier. Stand back. I'm going to try science. Hey, guys, we're going to try something brand new this week. We are going to be live streaming our Thursday night games. Get ready for us playing these games, warts and all. It's going to be a hot mess, and it's going to be awesome. (laughs) That's right. Unscripted, uncensored, (laughs) unrehearsed. Um, There might be one or two arguments at the table just saying. Basically, you're going to see how the sausage is made, folks. I am super nervous. (laughs) (laughs) You should be, Celeste. I can't wait, though. It's going to be great. It's going to be 6.30 to 9.30, most likely. We'll definitely be starting at 6.30. Wow, somebody's optimistic. I suppose it could go later. Check our website for our broadcast times and locations. Come hang out with us Thursday. Hey, everyone, we've got some great upcoming games to tell you about from this week's sponsor, Smirk and Dagger and Smirk and Laughter Games. I know we talked a little bit about the app version of Cutthroat Caverns last week, but this game is getting a lot of attention right now. This game won the Dice Tower's most original game of the year when it came out in 2007. And now the app version of the board game was just announced as a nominee for the Origins Award for Best Digital Game of the Year. You can get this app and play it right now, my friends. This app is a solo game versus three unique AI opponents. AIs that were programmed to mimic the various playstyles seen around the table for the past 13 years. Mm, cool. so, so that troll that you've seen at the table that wants to hurt you, he's programmed right in. <laughs> uh, depending on which of the three of the six AIs you face, your interactions will change. It simulates as close as possible the emotionally driven play of facing live opponents who show their outrage when betrayed and remember who did them wrong. This game also features the new Art of the Anniversary Edition and scale difficulty depending on which mode you use. You can change the length of the game by setting how many encounters you want to face. And if you thought the original card game wasn't deadly enough back in its day, try the app on hard mode. (laughs) So while we're all stuck in our homes, there's no better time than right now to try this infamous adventure game. This board game turned app that you can play right now is available on iOS and Google Play. Smirk and Dagger also is working on a Shobu app right now. Yes! Wow! Cool! And I'm sure it is fast-tracking it, so stay tuned on that. It's coming soon. 
You can look at all the great Smirk and Dagger and Smirk and Laughter board games and order them right now delivered to your front door at SmirkandDagger.com. Do it. Our first game up this week is Six Nymphed, designed by Wolfgang Kramer, published by Amigo in 1994. 25th anniversary edition, published in 2019. Number of players, 2 to 10, ages 8 and up. Playtime, 45 minutes. Okay, Mike, tell us what's in the box. The box is bright yellow and adorned with purple bovine polka dots <laughs> and the warning that this game is not for the bullheaded. <laughs> Let the cow puns commence. <laughs> Inside is simple. It's just 104 uniquely numbered cards and Celeste's favorite, a score pad. Mm-hmm. And that's... What's in the box? Before we cut the bull and get to reviewing, Evan, tell us how it's played. In six nymphed, you're dealt a hand of 10 cards from a deck of 104 cards. Each card is uniquely numbered 1 through 104. Four cards from the deck are revealed face up for the community, each the starting card in its own row. Each turn, players simultaneously choose and reveal a card from their hand, which are then, in ascending order, added to one of the rows. Each card is placed in the row that ends with the highest number that's below the card's number. When the sixth card is placed in a row, the owner of that card claims the other five cards in that row. The player with the fewest points, much like golf, wins. (laughs) The lowest handicap. So these rules I just described are part of the 25th anniversary edition Mm -hmm. rules. However... The version we played, which is the online version at Board Game Arena, went with the original convention, the 1994 convention, which the scoring is a little bit different. There you start with 66 points, and as you collect bulls, you lose points. And mm-hmm. the game ends when somebody has zero or less points. So I wanted to point that out, because when we go talking about this game, you understand that the instructions I just read for you were for the 25th anniversary one, but we played the original 1994 version online. Okay? Yeah. Good. It was kind of nice playing online, too, because having the computer arrange the cards where they go, it seems somehow, like, more suspenseful and tragic when you get smacked. (laughs) (laughs) You're just watching it play out. You're like, oh, no, that's going to happen now. I thought it was going to go there. It wasn't supposed to happen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this game is way more fun when when your friends don't have to tell you you lost. Yeah. <laughs> when the computer tells you 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 have to take this whole row and it just hands it to you, that's fabulous. Uh, yeah, it hands you a stack of cards and you're like, no, because this one of those games where taking the trick is not great. Yeah, you don't you don't want to get the point, and that's kind of fun to see the your your friend going, oh no, I gotta get those. Ah. Think hearts, you know, if you played, if you're old school like me and you love hearts, that's that's what you think about with this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the same feeling. I got destroyed. <laughs> well, um, but after the first playthrough and learning how the, the game plays out a little more, I think I do a little better next time. But I got crushed. <laughs> yeah, I didn't do well either. Uh, you know, full disclosure, um, I don't know if that colored my opinion of this game. <laughs> Overall, because I I wasn't super impressed by this game. I mean, there's lots of card games out there. And Mm -hmm. especially these fast-paced, fun, brightly colored card games. There's a lot of them out there. This one didn't really do it for me. I I think a lot of it 
had to do with the art. I don't love the graphics on this yeah. game. Well, here's the problem. When I looked at it, it's very bland, first of all. There's this silhouette of what looks supposed to be a bull's head. To me, it looked like a lobster or something crawling <laughs> on the ocean floor. It just didn't look like a bull to me at all. My problem with the graphics was that the important things, like how many points you, you get by taking the card, were tiny. And then the giant bullhead in the middle was not a necessary thing because every single card has one. Right. It emphasized the wrong things uh-huh. in, the, in the graphics. Well, yeah. it does emphasize the number of the card, where I think it's the most important part. And for me, the strategy behind which card do I play now and which card do I play later was fun. And then seeing all the other players, or in the arcade, listen to all the other players <laughs> squirming about which card do I want to play? What's the card <laughs> fly? Uh, I'm going to try this one out and see if it works. There's a decent amount of strategy, but... There's so many unknowns that you really can't formulate a really good solid strategy throughout the game unless you're an amazing card counter. That really helps. Well, it's not just no card counting. I don't think that's oh, certainly helpful, but not necessary. You you have ten cards when you first start off, and you know you can see. Well, I'm only two places away from that one. It's unlikely somebody's going to be able to play a card before me in that row. But if there's four spaces away, then and you've seen three of those other four cards go, you know the percentage is more in your favor. You know, what sure, I mean? more more latitude. Yeah, but when it's like, oh, now there's five places away from that card, am I going to be able to sneak that in there? Mm-mm. Let's see. <laughs> Some of the problem is even if you're the next card, somebody could ruin that line and go before you because the person who played the lowest numbered card goes first, and they might just take one of the weaker rows out that you were planning on playing the very next card on. That's right. I think a big part of the strategy there is uh, when do I want to keep the lower cards and when do I want to play them? Because playing a low card and holding it for later could be useful. And I like, you know what? I'm not going to play the two now and take that two horns because if I do anything else, I'm going to get like five points or more. And I don't want that. It did a fairly good job, but not good enough of separating the strength of the cards or rather the damage the cards will do to you (laughs) by color the easiest or least painful cards to take are the one bowl cards and every card is worth one bowl generally and they just look kind of a plain white yeah they're like a white and a dull purple and then the bright blues are two the bright greens are three and the bright reds are brutal five bulls to take. And then the worst card of the game, the 55, is seven points. There's some kind of mathematical reason for that, right, Ed? Every number divisible by five has two bulls. Every number divisible by 10 has three bulls. Every number divisible by 11 gets five bulls. And of course, the 55 (laughs) is divisible by 11 and divisible by five. So you could get that 55, oh boy. That's that you have to play that right, otherwise you may get stuck with it. And if you think about it, you have low cards which are which are easy to play, especially in in, in starting rows out. You know, obviously you can you can get rid of those early, no problem. The very high cards, nineties through one hundred and four, those are your cappers. Mm-hmm. Okay, you can end a row by placing those cards and really kind of cut a row off. As you get more towards the middle, that's where danger happens. So many times I thought I was going to be safe. When the car, everybody played their cards. That was my and favorite. It, it was distributed, and you're like, what? Exactly. How did I take that yeah. row? Me too. Exactly. I had a lot yep. of head-slapping moments in there. 
74, 79, 82. 79, 76, 82, 79. Oh, oh no. Are you kidding Ooh. me? <laughs> Ouch. Oh, oh, Brutal. Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> And that's the prize, I think, is where all the fun in the game is. Yeah, I agree. Certainly. I agree. <laughs> I think a really important part of the strategy is to know when to just take a row that doesn't have too many points in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even if you could play something else, sometimes you, you want to play one of your low numbers to get it out of your hand and just bite the bullet when it's not so bad. And and you might be helping other players out when you do that, because they're like, oh, no, I'm going to eat like five <laughs> points. Oh, you just took that row. Yes. Thank you. Okay, I can play my card safe now. <laughs> yeah, Ooh. I know. I oh. thought I was going to get like eight points, and now I only got two. Or nothing. I think I actually. might have gotten a better grasp of this game had it been played in person. Me Meaning too. If I had to do more of the labor of figuring out where these cards go, rather than having the computer place them at the end of each appropriate row. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree with that. I think that's true. Could When you're placing the card physically, you, you actually understand intimately understand why the card is going there and the computer (laughs) doing it all for you while it's nice and convenient you might not grab immediately why it went there yeah way bigger shock factor (laughs) yeah right the pain is more personal (laughs) (laughs) it makes me feel more stupid when the computer shows me i made a bad play (laughs) true (laughs) okay explorers it's time to dig up or bury six nymphed ed this is a good card game, easy to learn and reasonably quick. But most of all, there are interesting choices and it's fun to see your friend get points they don't want. <laughs> Dig her up. <laughs> <laughs> Mike? I was kind of on the fence about this one because it seemed to give more of an illusion of strategy than opportunities to make really impactful decisions. And the fact that I'm even having this internal struggle tells me I should play it again. And for that reason, I'll dig it up. Evan? Well, I found it an interesting card game. Simple to follow the rules. There's just enough strategy and gotcha to make it interesting. The question for me, though, is replayability. How long before I would tire of this game? And I'm just not sure it has enough legs for me. So I'm going to bury it. The custom deck fast-paced card game world is a crowded field. And this one just didn't grab me. I'm going to have to bury it. Evan, where can you find this game? You can find it online at retailers. I'm sure you can find it at the brick and mortar stores when they reopen as well, usually for 20 bucks or less. And don't forget, you can play it right now on Board Game Arena. If you have thoughts about Six Nymphed, let us know. We are at Which Game First on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We would love to hear from you. Our next game up is Role Player, designed by Keith Mateka, published by Thunderwork Games in 2016. Number of players 1 to 4, ages 10 and up. Playtime 60 to 90 minutes. Okay, Mike, tell us what's in the box. The box cover looks like a very standard three-character adventuring party triumphantly striding in through the castle gates. Uh, It comes with a rule book, six different character sheets, 73 dice split amongst seven different colors, a dice bag, hands off Evan, Ah! (laughs) uh, (laughs) 101 cards which break down into four player aids, which are reversible to keep track of your points at the end of the game, 
uh, six class cards, 16 backstory cards, 17 alignment cards, and 53 market cards with five numbered initiative cards as well. There are 55 gold tokens, 12 tracking tokens, and six charisma tokens. And that's... What's in the box? Before we tell you if this game is lawful good or chaotic evil, (laughs) Evan, tell us how it's played. In roleplayer, you compete to create the greatest fantasy adventurer who has ever lived, (laughs) preparing that character to embark on an epic quest. Race, class, alignment, and background are the starting elements of your hero. Roll and draft dice to build up your character's attributes. Purchase weapons and armor to outfit your hero. Train skills and discover your hero's traits to prepare them for their journey. Earn reputation stars by constructing the perfect character, and those are your victory points. The game ends when all character stats have been rolled. The player with the greatest reputation wins the game and will surely triumph (laughs) over whatever nefarious plot lies ahead. (laughs) <laughs> the guy on this box, the guy on the left, I don't know about adventuring with that guy. I mean, he looks both untrustworthy and useless. <laughs> they turn out to be like, you know, the R2-D2 of the story. You know, like the hero doesn't wind up destroying the, the evil, super bad villain at the end. It's this guy who like, you know, trips him up with a with his, <laughs> you know, staff. And Once that guy healed the party, everybody loves him. He, I don't know. He looks like a hobbit that's been shamed for being slightly too tall. <laughs> With a five o'clock shadow. Yeah, exactly. What kind of ho- self-respecting hobbit would dress like that? Oh, but how's the gameplay, guys? <laughs> uh, well, sorry. Evan, re- yeah. well, let me start off by saying we played it on Tabletopia, and Evan really slowed the game down what? by playing with stuff and grabbing some cubes and tossing them into the wrong bag, and we had to <laughs> find a way to virtually fish them out again. Wow, we're so we- starting with this. That's remarkable. I just want to say, it's really <laughs> great that Evan took the heat for messing up the game, because that's usually my jam at a real table. <laughs> it's true. Not, it was because I was trying to find something that was in the... They have a bag in which you discard the unused uh, pieces of the game, the extra character sheets, the extra... Well, that wasn't actually the purpose for it, but yes, that was the purpose you found for it, which is granted a purpose. We needed a first-player marker. I'm like, all right, I'll go in the bag, and I'll just pull one of the components out. We'll use that. Well, you know, it's... Sounds easier than it actually is because I wound up spilling the bag all over the table, <laughs> and, like, and 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 now I'm suffering for that, and I'm sure I'll be the butt of jokes for many years to come because of it. Yeah, but you loved every second of it. <laughs> I really did. <laughs> <laughs> I role played. Sorry, just fine. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it, it would be nice if these games, even though they're just a virtual tabletop, had some way to have ownership of some of the pieces, like. You can't mess with my treasure pile or my cards on my table. <laughs> you know. Yeah, Tabletopia does not have any. No, no safeguards. No, it does not. You can play with everything. You can lock components, but then you're going to have to unlock it to move it. Right. So. Yeah. And I'm sure Evan's little hand would be, the second I unlocked it, his hand would be hovering over to mess wow. with it. <laughs> wow. You're making me out to be, be a like- real villain here. I kind of <laughs> like it. I think it's more mischievous than villainous. Okay. Yeah, Thank absolutely. You. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate yeah. that. But I mean, virtual tabletops are a palace of wonders for trolls. So uh, enjoy. <laughs> I'm a, oh, that's true. I'm a board game troll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought it was fairly neat that you're drafting dice to roll up your character. 
Love it. Love the concept. Yeah, it's a dice drafting game with the skin of developing a character sheet. What did you guys think of that skin? And I think it worked fairly well because uh, all the each attribute is a sum of three dice, just like some games we know. I would have preferred with my starting roll if I could roll four and keep keep the three best ones because I'm a terrible dice roller. Even online? And I, oh, yeah, even online. I mean, you saw my starting stats. They were horrible. <laughs> Bunch of ones and twos and threes. Yeah, but that's okay. And while that seems like a real negative part of this game, I don't know that it necessarily is because there are so many conventions in this game to turn those starting dice around into some real good dice. There's lots of different ways to manipulate those things. Sure, but you got to use actions to do it. And there's actually some traits that allow you to benefit from having low rolls. You get certain uh, uh, victory points or uh, reputation stars. Reputation stars, yeah! If your rolls are low. I enjoyed the look of this game, the feel of the game, the, the pieces, the components, the pictures. Everything was really fun and joyful to look at. There were cards you could buy, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But um, there are so many ways to score that you can really trip yourself up by mm-hmm. going for one thing where you're building up the highest level attributes you can while cutting yourself out of points you could get for the lowest attributes. Mm-hmm. So there's ways, to, lots of ways to cut yourself off and get tripped up in trying to get points. I think there's a lot of replayability or at least a lot of different starting options because you start off with picking a race and there's several different races in the game. Then picking a class, and there's several different classes in the game. Then an alignment, and a backstory. Each one of those gives you different goals that you're trying to shoot for. And modifiers, right? Yeah, we totally missed out on the uh, on the character abilities, or the sorry, the class abilities. Yeah, because each class gives you a special ability. I totally ignored it because I didn't read it. Yeah, Yeah. when you're learning this game, there are just so many places to get points that you can easily miss an entire style of getting points. For me, I actually collected the wrong type of card Uh, for the points mm -hmm. I was going for (laughs) because there's just so much to keep track of. I think a part of that is because we played the online version. If we're playing the physical version, well, you're choosing your race, you're going to be looking at the different things to make that choice. If you're choosing your class, you're looking at the different things and, oh, like that ability is cool for me. When we started with this app, it had all our stuff laid out for us. And therefore, we didn't pick all the elements that normally set your starting character. However, if you do want to play in Tabletopia and you do want that opportunity, everything is there for you. You don't have to play with the presets that come in front of you when you first get on. You can put all those back in the bag and pull out everything else. That's right. Spill the bag. <laughs> oh, these aren't my dice. These are these No, dice. those go on the board over there. So Ah, <laughs> but the bag was in the way and it went back in the bag. <laughs> no. <laughs> you put the die in the bag. <laughs> how did that even happen? That was awesome. I don't know how to get the die back out. Can you move that bag completely away from everybody, please? As soon as you get that die out. I don't even know how you moved it. That's in the way. And I went back in the bag. (laughs) 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 I can't put them on the cards until that bag is moved. (laughs) I mean, uh, Mm -hmm. yes. There is a deck of classes. 
you can shuffle that up and give that to people, or you can allow allow people to draft from it. The, the game does allow you those options to choose um, which one to get. The act of a, building a character was kind of a tease for me. You never play the character. You just fiddle with their stats, and then the game's over. <laughs> <laughs> I, boy, it, it reminded me of a time, boy, a long time ago, where I would practice creating characters so that come game time, uh, for no matter which game I was about to play, I would know kind of already which direction I wanted to go. So this reminded me of practicing the rolling up of characters and, and what stats and synergies work and which ones don't. So it was a bit of a rehearsal for that. It reminded me of one of the things I hate most about D&D is min-maxers. <laughs> <laughs> the min-maxer, I think, I have a hard time here because it's extremely hard to get everything. So you have yeah. to kind of pick your battle here. Am I going to try to go for all the attribute points or am I going to try to go for my story point? Because it's going to be really hard to do both. Yeah, those attribute points, though, I mean, how I look at it is you need to keep up with the Joneses. In other words, you have to assume that your opponents are going to max out in that area, and you have to shoot for that same goal. Same with alignment. You have to assume mm-hmm. everyone's going to get their plus three. All your opponents are going to get to that plus three um, reputation points spot on their alignment. So you have you have no choice. You have to go for it. If you choose <laughs> to ignore it, it's almost like getting minus three, if not worse. Right, but if you're getting yeah. other points by sacrificing them, then it may be worthwhile. Like some, and like, like some of your attribute points are only worth one star. If you miss out on that one star and instead get something that's worth two or three stars, then it was worthwhile. Yeah, that goes to what Celeste was saying, though, about how many different ways you can score. Yeah. You know, you have to pay attention a to lot. a lot of things at once. That's, for me, it's, it's, it's interesting to, to, to choose which way you want to go. Of course, for you, Ed. Because you could keep track of 8,000 different ways to get victory points. <laughs> That's how the Ed you know, brain works. You have, yeah, you have a skill set well beyond the rest of us when it comes yeah. to collecting VPs. You rolled 18 for whatever skill set that, whatever <laughs> attribute that was. Yeah, well, because I got rolled up properly. <laughs> <laughs> well, that kind of reminds me about something I, I didn't love about the game is that, you know, you it sold on the cover to me as like an adventure game and there's absolutely no adventure happening. It's just a bunch of like tracking of stats (laughs) to get points. I wasn't entirely sure if the skin of this game, meaning the theme of this game informed play enough. Like Mm. to me, I felt after playing it, I felt like, gee, you could really put any set of stuff together Mm -hmm. and, and make that the skin. So that in that way, I would have enjoyed it being a little bit more D&D feely. Yeah, I would have preferred it just to be an abstract, honestly. For me, the market is where the most fun and, and choices are in. Because you sure. have to choose what dice you're going to draft. But mm-hmm. also, the lower dice will give you earlier picks on the market. And there's a lot of interesting traits there which define your character. Like trying to get different sets of armor or different traits which can get you more stars. And I think a lot of the charm in the game is getting the right combination of market I agree with that because I went last more than anyone else in the market drafting uh, part of the game and I wound up in last place so I think there is a correlation there okay explorers it's time to dig up or bury role player Mike it seemed like an homage to min-maxing punks who care more about their character sheet than their character (laughs) Uh, (laughs) (laughs) 
that combined with the extreme imbalance of starting positions brings me to my decision to bury it. Evan? I'd like to think that my messing with Mike's piece has also had, had something to, <laughs> to his decision. <clears throat> However, I think it's hard to go wrong with a game that has 73 dice. Come on, folks. We're, we're dice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really. Um, the problem I had with the game, though, it seemed uh, too easy for everyone to accomplish the full point complements in any given part of the game, which I was talking mm. about alignment and, and ability modifiers. So this narrows the game down to areas... In which there's bigger payoffs, like the market. If you put your strategy behind that. So I am going to leave it dug up. I'm going to give this game another try. Ed? It's fun to roll up a character and look for synergy to bump up your stat. So I'm going to dig it up to roll another tune. Mike, would you play this game again if we did the characters and then moved them to a, to a roll 20 D&D game? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay. That would be fun. Be fun. We're definitely doing I think that. we have to do that. Although the theme felt too much like just a skin layered on top of a resource management game, the rolling of lots of colorful dice and the fun of the shopping made up for that. Mm -hmm. So I'm digging it up. Ed, where can you find this game? You can find this game online and at your local game store for about 60 bucks or less. And you can play it on Tabletopia right now. Everything's (laughs) unlocked. Put it all in the bag. (laughs) <laughs> if you have thoughts about role player, let us know. We are at Which Game First on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Our last game up this week is Tally Ho. Tally Ho. Tally Ho. Designed by Rudy Hoffman, published by Cosmos in 1973. Whoa. <laughs> Old school. Number of players, two. Ages eight and up. Playtime, 30 minutes. Okay, Mike, tell us what's in the box. All right. This game's got a board, (laughs) eight tiles with a blue background, which are the bears and the foxes, 10 tiles with brown backgrounds. That's a couple lumberjacks and eight (laughs) hunters and 30 other tiles, which are green background with seven ducks, eight pheasants and 15 trees. There's also a rule book, which really isn't that big. And that's what's in the box. Before we take you on a hunt around this game, Evan, tell us how it's played. In Tally Ho, one player takes the role of hunters and the lumberjacks. The other player takes the role of the foxes and bears. Both players are hunting each other. At first, the forest lies peacefully under face-down tiles as the players turn the tiles over and move them onto the board. The forest awakens, and the hunt destroys the serenity of the forest. The lumberjacks cut spots <laughs> through the forest, providing hunting fields for the hunters. Bears then use the same aisles to track the hunters, and the lumberjacks are going to eat them. And both sides hunt the ducks, who are just trying to live in peace in the forest. Aw, poor ducks. Once the last tile has been revealed, each player has five turns remaining and may move tiles off the board. The player who captured the most points wins. Happy hunting, everyone. Tally-ho. Tally-ho. <laughs> Tally-ho. Tally-ho. <laughs> well, I love the name of the game. That's for sure. <laughs> Everybody loves saying that. I couldn't believe how old this game is. Yeah, surprise. Yeah, it's a really old game. It was first published in 1973 at Jag und Schlag. Probably murdered the name of that. Jag und Schlag. <laughs> by Speer Schmiel. <laughs> <laughs> 
There are a lot of fun titles for this game around the world. Obviously, in English, it's Tally Ho, which is a British huntsman's cry right. to mm-hmm. the hounds on sighting a fox during a fox hunt. And in German now, the way it's distributed in Germany, it's called Halali, which is very similar to the uh, hunting cry. Yeah, it means get him. Yeah, it actually means death halloo. That's what it means. Death to my foe. <laughs> you know, the so Germans dark. don't, they don't beat around the bush. They, they, yeah. they call it like it is. <laughs> Murder the animals. <laughs> and there are some other great translations. In um, French, it's Chasse Gardie, which oh. means private hunting ground. That's what it means. Hmm. It's not uh-huh. a call. And in Dutch, it's also not a call. It's just called Die Beer is Los, which means the bear is loose. <laughs> the bear is loose. I love that. I want a shirt that has a picture of a bear and that phrase right up on top of it. I love it. That one has a subtitle, and I'm going to murder this in Dutch. Get ready for this. In Vergenogelecht. Yacht for twee, which means a satisfactory hunt for two. Wow. <laughs> so polite. Well, that's just, just saying what it is. All okay. right, cool. And in the Greek, I, you know, I came, I spent a lot of time, me and Google, trying to figure out what it was because the Greek, <laughs> the Greek box has a completely different alphabet. But the closest I could get in translation was he jumped in the island. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling that might not be accurate. So far, Tally Ho's the best. Okay. <laughs> well, we understand it. So, and it's a fun to say. I mean, oh, definitely. Tally Ho! Tally Ho! I kind of don't mind uh, Halali because I, I think I prefer that because it's definitely more honest. <laughs> Halali! Because this game is pretty violent, right? It's all about hunting. It reminds me a little bit of memory because you're mm-hmm. flipping and revealing. Right, but not re, you know, covering. Once it's revealed, it's right. up for. We really need memory in that regard. So I would say this game would be good for kids, except I think it's a little outdated in that it has a guy with a gun shooting. Unless you're talking about it as a pleasant hunt for two, rather than murder the animals. <laughs> Just say they're using paintballs, and the bear is yeah. when they they're not, they're actually like I don't know, not eating the lumberjack, but just. Uh, Hugging yes, them. giving them an embrace. <laughs> Hugging them with their mouth and stomach. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, what a lot of the teaching uh, videos say is scares off. Right, uh, scares sure. off or captures. Yeah, Capture, then, right. I think they're, they use the word capture and it's less, less uh, violent. Right. Yeah, <laughs> kill yeah, is avoided nowadays. I think, it, I think this game would be great for kids if you are comfortable with showing an actual hunter. If you're comfortable mm. with that, then I think this is a great game for kids. Good amount of randomness to this game, that's for certain. Oh, yeah. It starts off completely random. <laughs> yes, the board is set up randomly each time. You don't know if you're playing the hunter lumberjack side. You have no idea where your hunters and lumberjacks are. And you could reveal them or the enemy could reveal them. Same mm-hmm. thing for the bears and foxes. Yeah, it really stinks when you reveal a piece that belongs to the other team because then they can immediately use it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not sh- 100% sure about the balance of this game. I felt like the hunter side because he has one limitation that nobody else has, meaning he has to capture things that he's pointing his gun at. Everybody else can capture anything in an orthogonal surrounding area. Yeah, I think they, they claim the game to be balanced, and I haven't played enough games to know. But I think the offsetter for the hunter is that even though we can only shoot one direction, it's a huge detriment. 
he can capture just about anything. Right, he can hunt foxes and bears, but he can also hunt ducks and pheasants. And foxes, of course. And he can also shoot as many tiles away as he has a clear shot. Right, he can go down the whole line. He's got that nice range. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, the other balancing factor, too, is that you're supposed to play two games, one as the hunter and one as the animals. Yes. So you switch teams. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're supposed to say both sides in in a complete game. Yep. And that that really helps because, I mean, in me and Ed's game, the hunters got destroyed by the animals in in both cases. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow, this game is like pure luck. (laughs) it's a lot of luck and there's some strategy in here but there's an awful lot of luck too well yeah the strategy was don't pick a guy next to your active bear right (laughs) that's the strategy but it's interesting the way the game develops to me because as you're revealing tile it starts off so random but as the board gets cleared up and initially you get like a a lumberjack loose and you start cutting down trees the board really starts to open up and now, now strategy starts playing a bigger role Mm-hmm. It took a long time for that lumberjack to show up, though, because there's only yeah. two in the game. And right. there's only two bears. Well, that's where the randomness really plays a big part. Right. You know, you could flip your lumberjack first, or you could flip it at the last tile that gets flipped, you know? Yeah, Evan was having a lot of trouble because he didn't have a lumberjack for most of the game oh, when gosh, he was playing the yeah. hunter. It's terrible. So he was really stuck, you know, revealing these hunters that were pointing in the wrong direction. Stuck behind trees and Mm-hmm. And there's no way to turn your hunter. Whatever direction yep. it's flipped as, it's flipped. That's it. We played this game on yukata.de, <laughs> which is a German <laughs> gaming website, which is so basic. Oh, yeah. So it is the polar opposite of Tabletopia, for example, where <laughs> everything is a beautiful 3D graphically stimulating setting. This is like just the facts. Here is your grid. Yeah, I always a step up from playing on like a, a board, uh, sorry, a bulletin board. <laughs> uh, it did have a bulletin board feel to it, and you had to go to different <laughs> parts of the screen to click different things to complete your turn. It just didn't flow nicely. Oh yeah, it felt really technical too because they made sure that your turn was over by having to click an extra button to say finish. Move. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, there were a few times like, ah, uh, did it click that finish move button? Oh nope. Mm-mm. Oh, right. sorry. Just let me know if I'm idling because it's probably because I didn't click. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of nice because I'm sure mistakes are made often and you have to you go, oh, no, no, I didn't want to do that. And you at least have an opportunity to fix it. The finish turn button is good for what they do, which is a lot of people on yukata.de because so many of the games are on the simple side and it's a turn based system. So you could be playing 17 games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Once you take your turn in one, you can hit finish move and it will automatically offer you the opportunity to go to your next game and take your move. Mm -hmm. So some games, if you're playing just with people, random people online, which I've done a lot of on Yukata, some games can take days and days to play because you don't know when your opponent's going to show up again to take a turn. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is why having 17 or 20 games going at once is great because you'll always have somewhere (laughs) to go for a turn. (laughs) 17 or 20? Is that, is that the number of games you want to have going at once? <laughs> that way you can basically open up yukata.de once a day, play for an hour, take all your turns, and shut it. Something important to note in Tally Ho is that the game actually doesn't end until all the tiles are revealed and then each player gets five more turns to finish and that's it. And part of what you need to do is start getting your characters off the board at that point because you score if you get them off the board. 
Yeah, and it could take a long time to flip all these tiles because you have a choice every time it's your turn whether you want to flip a tile or move one of the revealed tiles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting choice because uh, if you have things to take, you obviously want to move. But if you're like, oh, I'm not in a really great position here, I'm just going to flip over tiles and trigger the end of the game as quick as possible. Okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury Tally-ho! Evan? I think the most impressive thing was that this game was from 1973. I can't recall many (laughs) games designed like this from that era, so that's good. However, the theme was thin, the strategies to me seemed a little too few, and while I say it was a good effort, alas, I'm going to bury it. Mike? Victory here depends slightly more on where the chips fall than the choices you make. That being said, it's casual enough to play with friends, so I'll dig it up. Ed? It's very random to start but it gets more strategic as the game nears its end. I had fun, and this classic game had found many, many homes, but I don't see me digging it up for my collection. You know, if I had this game at home, I don't know that I'd play it. And though I wouldn't run out and go buy this game, getting an opportunity to play it for free online with unknown opponents, I think I would play this game again just to see how they behave. So in the digital world, I'm digging it up. Cool. Mike, where can you find this game? You can find it online for purchase or free play and in local stores for about 20 bucks. If you have thoughts about Tally Ho, let us know. We are at Which Game First on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And that brings us to the end of our show. We look forward to hearing about all the game exploring you've done. And if you'd like more perks and content from our show including our exclusive podcast for patrons only. Bonus points! Bonus points! Bonus, bonus, bonus. For just $3 a month, you can go to our website and click on Become a Supporter Today. If you get a chance, please leave us a rating or a review on your favorite podcaster. It really helps others find the show. Join our chat on our Discord server. We are at Which Game First. Happy gaming, explorers. Tally-ho! Release the hounds!